0: So, I uh, heard a story about a, a Sunday school teacher was teaching elementary kids, and he was going to teach them about what it took to go to heaven. What do you need to do to go to heaven? And to start, he thought, I'm just going to ask them some questions to see where they are. So, he, he got in front of the class and he said, so if I went home and I had a garage sale and I sold a whole bunch of my stuff, and I gave the money to the church, would that get me into heaven? And the class said, no. And he said, okay, well, what if I took that and I went and bought canned? And toys and gave it to all the kids. And would that get me into heaven? And they said, no. He said, well, what if I came up during the week and, and I mowed the church lawn and, and I cleaned the bathrooms all just for volunteer? He said, would that get me into heaven? And they all said, no. And he said, well, what do you have to do to get to heaven? The little kid stood up right in the middle of class and said, you gotta be dead. <laughs> And he was right. <laughs> and little kids have a way of getting right to the point sometimes, don't they? Um, and I wanted to get to my point this morning. I want to talk about heaven who goes there. Uh, heaven who goes there. This is something you may not think about very much. You probably thought about it at some point, but I just find in general we got too much going on to think about this, okay? But we all would probably agree it's probably something important to know the answer to, and, um, and maybe we don't worry about it too much because most of us are pretty sure the answer to that is, well, I'm going, <laughs> and um, beyond that, and hopefully the people I love are going, but we don't always necessarily know the, the real answer, Uh, to this question. It's not something you really think about very much. There are times you think about it, probably. Um, I remember the first time that it really ever hit me, um, if I was going to heaven or not, I was a little kid, and my mom had taken me to the grocery store. And I don't know if you know, it's not fun to take kids to the grocery store. I've learned that. <laughs> parents agree? Yes. Um, so, uh, my mom had taken me, I was like seven years old, and you, you know this, parents, The grocery store owners hate parents. The, um, they have a thing against you. Because you can survive. You can, you can avoid the cookie aisle. You can avoid the cereal aisle, which is the worst of aisles. And But you cannot get past the register. And right next to the register is a huge thing of, Amen candy. And so, I, you know, same thing I did what every kid has done, and my kids do to me, is as soon as I got to the register, I picked out some piece, it was a Hershey's bar, that I wanted, and I took it to my mom and said, can I have this Hershey bar, please? And she did what every mom has ever done. She said, no. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I took it back, and I went to go put it away, and right as I was going to put it down, my little seven-year-old brain said, I can still have this candy bar. So, I shoved it under my shirt and pinned it to my body and took that dude home. <laughs> and I ran straight to in my room. As soon as I got there, put it in a drawer, and I had done it. I had successfully gotten the candy bar, and then all of my church lessons started hitting me back. And I and I just I remember staring at that drawer. It was closed with the candy bar in it, and the, the, this exact phrase came through my head. I thought, "I am going to hell." <laughs> And I was so I was so upset. I remember I got the candy bar and I ran back to my mom cuz surely mom knows how to not go to hell. I right? mom, I stole this, to get me out of hell. And, and I was so concerned that I had done too much. And if, you know, here's the deal, at that point at 7 years old, was I destined for hell? You're going, well, I hope that's not bad, because uh, I've done worse than that. In fact, I thought it'd be kind of fun if we just play a little game here. How many of you, like me, um, have at some point in your life stolen something? A candy bar, a pencil, any, come on, let's see confessions, okay? Ah, that's a lot of us, okay. Now, let's try one that you, you have to raise your hand on. How many of you have ever uh, um, lied about something? Don't lie. <laughs> it's true, okay, we've done that one, I think. At some point in your life, did you ever dishonor your parents. Anybody? If your parents are here, you better raise your hand. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, How about this one? Did you ever go an entire week, an entire week, and... um not take a day to rest and honor the Lord. Anybody confess to that one? Okay. Um, Now, I don't know if you know what I'm doing. I'm going through the Ten Commandments, and we're all like, yeah, I've done all those. Okay, like, uh, this is not a good situation that we're finding ourselves in. If you skip to the New Testament, you find Jesus, and he says there's two great commands, and then we kind of boil that down to the golden rule, right? The one, do to others as you'd have them do unto you. And if we were to then ask ourselves, this is the last one, I promise. Have you ever mistreated another person. Okay, I think that's all of this. Okay, we broke that, that one. Okay, we have had a problem. Now, most of the time it doesn't really bother us because we kind of manage to figure out some way that we're still good, we're still going to heaven, and, and we, we feel okay about that. But there's times in our life when, um, at least for me, I remember as a young man growing up and kind of going through some struggles, those ones that I wouldn't raise my hand if they asked if I did, you know, and just kind of struggling with this kind of th- situation. And this, this, question popped into my head, and it was, am I good enough to go to heaven? And I remember sitting in my apartment just thinking, "You know, am I where I need to be, am, am I good enough? Have I done too much, am I messing up too much? Am I good enough to go to heaven? And I think the reason I would think something like that is because there's a kind of a belief that many people have that kind of underlays this whole topic that we, we just assume that good people go to heaven it's gonna be good people that go to heaven. And the reason we think that is because it makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense to think that bad people are gonna be to heaven. I mean, if you got to heaven and Hitler greeted you, he's like, I'll take you to your house, you know, you'd be like, what? This is not, and there's Osama, you know, like, what is, this This is a different situation than I expected. And and so, you would be a little shocked. And we expect that good people, wouldn't God want good people there? I mean, that would make sense. If anybody's gonna go, it's it's gotta be good people. So, when it comes to good people going to heaven, first of all, it makes sense. Second of all, it's a fair system. I mean, if you're in school and you work hard and you turn in your assignments and you do good on tests, you get a good grade. If you're in sports and you work hard and you get good at what you're doing, you get to play on the team, you get rewarded for it. If you have a job and you are working for someone and you work extra hard and you excel, you would say it would be fair for you to get the raise. And if, you, and if somebody else got it, what, and this is what you would say, it's not fair because I did the work. I was the one that was good. And surely then, if heaven is going to be fair, surely it's the good one that's going to be this So that, that makes sense. And here's our favorite part. You're going to make the cut because you're good, right? Most of us just assume, yeah, I'm sure I'm there. And I'm sure that the people that I love and care about, they're good too. And so we like that about it. And it's good for society, right? Because it motivates you to be good. I mean, like, if if this is true, then people are going to be better, society's going to be better, because we're all trying to make sure we're good enough to get to heaven. And so just in in general, when we hear this idea, we think, good people go to heaven. That sounds good. The problem is, some things are only good on the surface. And if you look at it any deeper, you're going to realize there's something broken and something messed up about this. Um, In fact, it kind of reminds me of a friend of mine who, um, she made one of my favorite desserts. She made a yellow cake. Anybody else like that yellow cake? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, This is one of my favorites. So, she she made it from scratch, and she invited a bunch of friends over to eat her cake, and we sat down, and I remember taking a bite, and you know when your friend makes something and it's not good, you try to play it off, you know? It was good. Said so we couldn't. It was so bad. What happened was she went to get like a cup of sugar, and she mixed it with the, with the salt. And so the cake had no sugar; it was salt, and uh, it was it looked so good, but on the inside it was mmm. Okay, and here's the thing: when you just get a surface glance at this, you go, "That's good." And the, and the problem is, is, a lot of people are kind of basing their eternity on a surface glance at a to- at something, and. Um, we're talking about good people go to heaven, it just doesn't work. And let me just give you a few reasons why. Here's one obvious one to me, is that you're not sure what's good and what's bad. In fact, if you look, you're on a row with some people, can y'all see some other people on your row, You see them? They disagree with you about some stuff about what's good is bad. You may be doing something and they're going, that is bad, they should not be doing that, okay? And, and they may think the same thing about you, and we disagree right here, right? You even have disagreed with yourself. There are things today you think are okay that you used to think was not okay, and things that used, and, and vice versa. You used to think, hey, you know, nobody should do that, and now, and now you're doing that, or whatever. And so, um, I mean, certainly you can think back when you were little. You know, I was helping in children's church one time, and um, this little kid ran up to me and goes, um, and I was like, um, okay, what's wrong? He said, he said the S word, and I was like, in children's Church. <laughs> I was like, "What did he say?" He said, to "Ezra." Who? He told me who it was, and I was like, "I don't think he would say that." And I said, like, "Tell me, tell me what he said." He goes, "He said stupid," and I was like, "Oh, shut up!" Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say that. I was nice. I didn't give him another one. <laughs> okay, he go tell his mom. Um. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, but you know, this little kid. This is a horrible moment. You know, this person did this, and and yet I'm sure he's moved on from that. <laughs> and and we look back and there's things and we've changed our mind. I was thinking about this weird thing we do. There are some things that you do that you. Hope Hope the pastor never preaches about, because then you'll have to stop doing it. I mean, there's something in you that knows I probably shouldn't, but if he, he hadn't had talked about it, so I'm, I'm good. And how weird is that? We got things that we know are good and we do them. I mean, we know are bad and we do them anyways. And, and so, but on the surface, of, we're not really even sure what, what is good and what is bad some of the time. And you may go, okay, but the Bible tells us what is good and what is bad. So, and, and it is definitely true. The Bible tells us what is good and what is bad. But there's another problem. And that if you want to believe good people go to heaven, the Bible doesn't teach good people go to heaven. In fact, let me show you what the scripture teaches about this topic, because I'm going to give you some more problems with it. But I just want you to get the Bible out of your head as an option to, to solve this, because this is what it says. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's you're all, you're part of all, I'm part of all. We've all fallen short of what his standard is of good and evil there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who is right before God, not one. And just to make sure you're really clear, he went on and said this, or said, there is no one who does good, not even one. Does anyone do good? No, not even you, not even me, not, no, no one that does good. So if we want to think about good people go to heaven, just clear the Bible out of your thinking because it's not going to help you get there. And then there's another kind of an issue I run into with this this thing, and that is this. How good is good enough? Like if good people go to heaven, this was that question that hit me when I was a young man. Am I good enough? And so I wanted to show you what I think a lot of people use or think about when they when it comes to uh, this idea of good people go to heaven. So there are some some really bad things that people do, right? Not you. These are the things that other people do: murderers, okay, and stuff like that. And, and so there's those those people and. Um, and there's also there's really, really bad things that are going to, if you will, tip the scale in the wrong direction. And then there's kind of like your, your normal bad things, you know, getting mad at someone, you're driving down the road and being impatient, and you got your normal. And, and then I found, um, here's your sin, right? I mean... <laughs> God knows it was a mistake and I didn't really want to, okay, so there's mine, and uh, and so we have we have the sin, okay, and then on the other side, what we want to do is when we see, okay, we all recognize, and we're all like, yeah, I'm breaking the Ten Commandments, we all recognize yourself over right here, so what we want to do is we think, well, i got to be good, i got to stack stuff up, so we've got, you know, maybe some big things, like, you know, you, you gave in an offering, or you stayed awake in church, or however that is, and uh, <laughs> that person cut me off, and I, and I didn't make a scene about it, you know, and I was nice, and and, and, you know, just so we have these different things. And what we want is to make sure that we have more on this side than we do on that side. And then we kind of feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, good, I'm a good person. Now, again, we've already talked about some of the problem with this. First of all, you don't exactly know what goes over here and what goes over there, because we're not always sure as to what's bad and what's good, and surely when it comes to heaven, we don't get to just make that up, right? <laughs> and so we're not always really sure of what goes on what side. And then, here's a big problem, you don't know what, what weighs what. Like, is this lying, or is lying like, like a dump truck? Like, do, you, do we know, do you know, or did we, just, did we just make that up, we don't really know? And we don't even know what the scale is. This scale is 50-50. Right, but what if that's not it? Well, what if it's 70-30? What's where the schools got it? Right, 70 you pass, 69 F for fire for eternity. Okay, like maybe that's where they got that from. Maybe it's a different skill. And so what we've done. Oh, and what happens if you end up? What happens if you end up 50-50? Then you get to heaven and he's like, we've got a coin for you, okay? Heads is hell, so good luck, you know? And and so, we're not even sure. And here's what you'll get, what you'll figure. If you look at this for just a moment, that when it comes to going to heaven, you've made something up. In your head, you've created an idea and you're you're banking your eternity and your relationship with God on something you invented in your own head that may not even be real. And and so, that's a scary thing. That's a sad thing. And then, to me, it also... It makes God out to not be very good. Because he hasn't really told you how to be with him, if that's true. If good people go to heaven, is true. It'd be kind of like if you went to run a race. Imagine you're ready to go. I know running a race sounds horrible, I agree. But you're ready to run in this race. Um, he says, all right, you've got 30 minutes to get to the finish line. Are you any questions? And you're like, um, I don't see the finish line, where is it? He says, you'll have to find it on your own. Well, are there some markers to show me which way to run? Nope. How am I supposed to know? Well, good luck. I <laughs> hope you find it. Well, uh, can, what happens if I don't make it in time? That I can tell you. We'll shoot you in the face with a bazooka. All right? That's, and you're like, um, okay, ready, set, go. This is what you say. That's not a good race. That's not a, whoever designed this race is not a good person. And this is what we're doing about God. We're saying, well, God, if we believe good people, this idea the good people go to heaven, it's like God hasn't really told us. We don't really know. He's, he's not really doing us good. And this is the good news. (laughs) This is not what Jesus taught. And this is not what his disciples taught. They taught something way, way, way better. And before I move to that, I know that some of you already know what the way, way better is. And what I want to remind you of as we move on is that you know people and you see them every day that are banking their future, their eternity on this idea and not on the truth. And some of you sitting here right now, as I've been talking, I'm like, I think I've been thinking that. And it's time to learn what the truth is. And, and to, to have, to understand what it really is. So it's not good people go to heaven. This is what Jesus taught. This is what his disciples taught. They taught that forgiven people go to heaven. They taught that saved people go to heaven. So if I come back over to you know, this illustration here, it's not based on our good and what we have done. And it doesn't matter how much is over here, because I guarantee you we all have plenty. That not our goodness, but his forgiveness is what we need. And it, his, his forgiveness and through salvation, we are saved. Right. it's through that that we have eternal life and that we know him as we are forgiven. And there may be a lot over here, but his forgiveness is enough. Let me show you a couple of scriptures that talk about this. It says, therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you through him, everyone who believes is justified. <laughs> he says, I want you to know that through Jesus, there's forgiveness. I like to kind of illustrate it like this. It's not a perfect illustration, but it kind of helps us understand it a little bit better. If you can imagine that you had a lot of debt, I, thinking, I don't have to imagine, okay? Um, you have a lot of debt. And um, so much, and you have to pay someone back. And so you work and you work and you work, and you work and you save, and you got to the time when the money came due, and you didn't have enough. And they say, we live in a society where now you're going to be in shackles and a slave for the rest of your life because of the debt that you owe. But instead, someone else came along and said, "No, I'm going to pay their debt. I'm going to take their place. And, and that person paid for what you owed. Now this is a small image of what Christ has done in us, and that we had a debt of sin that we could not pay, that was too great for us, but his goodness was enough. It says that it's, it, through Jesus. I want you to know that through Jesus, and here's what, I, what this means, he, he lived the perfect life. He did not sin, he had nothing over there. <laughs> and then he did the ultimate good. The ultimate good, which was he gave himself on a cross as a sacrifice for me and you so that we can be forgiven. And it is through that good that he did that we are saved when we believe. It's through him, everyone who believes. And I love, it says, everyone. Here's the thing, some people wanna say, well, Christianity's so exclusive. I mean, y'all are just so, you think you're the only one, so exclusive. Okay. Do you realize that everyone is everyone? That's the least exclusive thing. Everyone, it doesn't matter how much is piled up on this side. It doesn't matter what country you're from, what language you speak, what race that you are. It doesn't matter what your background is, how much money you make, what, what uh, can I say what political party you're, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. Everyone who believes is justified. When we believe, the apostle Paul, he said it like this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. In other words, none of us can sit here and talk about how much of this stuff we've done. Look how good I am, I'm so great. He says this, he says it is a gift from God. It's, some, it's a gift, it's something that you I know this is cheesy, but come on. It's a gift. <laughs> and here's the thing about a gift. If you get a really great gift, the, 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 the goodness of the gift is a reflection of the giver. And I'll tell you what, the gift that He gave us shows us how good He is. That He has given us forgiveness, He's given us salvation for those who will receive, those who will receive it through faith. So if If it's true, the saved people go to heaven. That gives us a really important question we need to know the answer to. And that is, how are you saved? If not good people go to heaven, but saved people go to heaven, how are you saved? And I want us to know the answer to that question. If you're saved, sometimes we, we can't articulate it. And I want you to be able to articulate it better. And maybe this morning you're lost and, you, and you've been kind of banking on the good thing. I want you to know how to be saved. So i want gonna look at a simple verse that breaks it down in the simplest way we can. It says, if you, confess your, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, if you believe. Now, all these verses we've read so far have talked about believing and faith. And it begins with this, that we believe in him. We believe in what he did, that he, it is enough, that that gift is enough, that it's not based on myself, it is based on him, that he has risen from the dead. I'm gonna rise when I die and spend eternity with with him in heaven. I believe in that. And this is not just a mental thought. You see, people have this idea, it's like, I had this thought, you know, one time, that yeah, I like that idea. I like that idea about Jesus doing that for me. That sounds pretty good. There's a deep belief in your heart that you're trusting in him, that you have a confidence and a faith in him. But I don't wanna skip past this first part. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Okay, so this is not just about trying to get people to say the phrase, Jesus is Lord. That's silly. Remember? me, yes? I mean, think about it like this. Look at the person next to you. You got someone nice next to you. Look at them. Just say, your hair looks good. <laughs> Join in. There you go. Let's try one more. Look at him one more time. Look at him one more time. Now just say, Jesus is Lord. You're all saved. I'm done. Boom. All right, let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> is that all it takes? No, that's silly. Okay, and you all get that. Also... Here's the thing, when he tells you to say Jesus is Lord, he's not telling us to make a false confession, to say something we don't believe is true. He's telling us to say what is true, that he is my Lord. To be your Lord means that he is your master, that he is your ruler, that he is the one that directs and controls your life. And somewhere in Christianity today, people have tried to disconnect Savior and Lord. Well, he's my Savior. And it's like, oh, and if he's your Lord, that's like a bonus. And like, you don't have to. Like, he can just be my Savior. I don't have to make him my Lord. That's nowhere in Scripture. We just, another one we just made up. Because it says if you confess him as Lord, then he's your Savior. If he is your Lord, he is your Savior. Imagine this. Okay, we might say, okay, if Jesus is my King, then I am in the kingdom of God. If, if Jesus is your king, you are in the kingdom of heaven. Now, how weird would it be to then say, yes, I'm in the kingdom of God, but Jesus is not my king. That doesn't even make sense. That, that, so, then we say, Jesus is my savior, but he's not my lord. That doesn't work. And we have a, a, a generation of many people who have begun to believe this idea that, uh, you know, I just have this kind of belief about him and I'm good. I don't need him to be my lord. I don't need to turn my life towards him. And, and we've, we've deceived ourselves in the, about the most important thing, about who is our Lord and how that we are saved. When Jesus talked about it, he said it like this. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. According to Jesus, there will be people that say, Lord, Lord. They've called him Lord, and they will not be in the kingdom of heaven. That's an interesting thing he goes on and he says many will say to me on that day Lord Lord did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles Lord Lord did I not go to church regularly when I can and there wasn't baseball Lord Lord, Lord did I not did I not give in that offering Lord, Lord Lord did I not do things for you Lord Lord did I not do that thing my Sunday school teacher told me Lord and, and we come up with some lists of things that we're saying, look what I've done for you, God, look. And we're trying to trying to earn some goodness with God, and here's the problem with these people. Well, he goes on, he says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. They don't have a relationship with him. They don't know him. Away from me, you evil doers. And they continued to do evil because he wasn't their Lord. He, they never actually said, I mean, they may have said the words. And this is what concerns me. I've been a youth pastor for 15 years. I've seen a lot of people say the words and there was no turning of their heart. And I didn't want them to walk around the rest of their life going, I'm good, when there was no real change, no real salvation in their hearts. And so what we want is to truly make him my Lord. So then the question, I guess, should be this. Is Jesus your Lord? The same way I could ask it is, are you saved? If, if you have made him your Lord, I'll tell you what, you've received that gift and you know it. That if you've been living your life just hoping that you've been good enough, that you've done enough stuff and you've been, you made it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a good American, trying to be a good person, trying to do, trying to do right, that's not the way. The way is to make Him your Lord. So I wanna give you one more way of looking at it and thinking about it, just because sometimes different things hit us differently. If you can imagine your life is like walking in a direction, okay? In this direction, It's going to be hell sorry y'all chose to sit there okay y'all get to be heaven (laughs) all right so we're heading this way towards hell this is the way you're born and in this direction this is this is one way you know that they're heading in this direction your life is about pleasing you and being happy am i making myself okay my life is about me and what happens a lot of the time is we'll go to church and we'll hear some some good words and we'll go i need to do different and you'll begin to put pressure on yourself I'm, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna stop doing that thing. And look, I'm being a good person. But as soon as we let that pressure off, get away from church for a little bit, we're heading back the same way. We've always been facing in the same direction. We've never really believed and never made him our Lord. But if at some point you decide in your heart, I'm not serving me anymore, and you turn, and now your desire is to please him and to go after him. There's a turning and there's a new, this is called repentance, this is going in a new direction. And yes, we live in a fallen world and a broken world and there will be times you get pressure and you do the wrong thing and you said something you knew you shouldn't do and you feel like you're going in this direction but you push through and you become, you're being made new and like him and you're, and you're growing and you're learning to walk spiritually and you may do some wrong things but I'm facing towards him. He is my Lord. So the question I have for you, and this is an important question I want you to ask yourself. Has there been a time in your life when that happened? When you went from focusing on what pleases you into pleasing the Lord, where you turned and faced him? If that hasn't happened, there's some great news. You can turn and you can change and you can face the Lord this morning. It is a decision in your heart. And it is, I'm not gonna say it's a small thing. It's a huge thing. It changes everything in your life. You're literally going in a new direction. You see things different. You're gonna, people around you are gonna notice that you're different. You'll leave and you won't feel like the same person anymore because you're not. He said you're being made new. So if you came today and you were just banking on being good, let's change that. Let's, let's bank on how good he is and what He's given to us. So I wanna ask you to, if, if you're like, I'm ready to make Him my Lord, I'm gonna, I wanna pray a prayer with you. And this is really important, okay? A prayer doesn't save you. This has confused a lot of people. They prayed a prayer one day when they were a kid, and they thought, I'm good now, I'll live my life how I want. Prayer, that, that's not what saves you. And so we're gonna pray a prayer, but what saves you is that decision in your heart to turn and face the Lord. A prayer is a powerful thing that it marks that moment. And it's like a confession with your mouth that he is my Lord. But I made that decision to make him my Lord. And so I wanna pray with you. And here's the the prayer. I want want you to know what you're gonna pray. So this is it. Heavenly Father, I know that I've sinned and can never be good on my own. I ask you to forgive me and to save me. I believe in your son, Jesus. Today, I make Jesus my Lord. And in a minute, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to pray this, but more importantly, believe this in your heart and believe that you're going to turn and go in a new direction. So what I'd like to do right now is, can we all just close our eyes, tune everybody else out? I wanna have a moment, just you and the Lord, just you to talk and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Do you have a relationship with God? Is He your Lord and Savior? If He's not, and you're ready to make that change, in just a moment, I'm gonna pray. And as I I pray this prayer, I wanna ask you to pray it with me. You can pray it in your heart and believe it is true. Believe that he is your Lord, that he died for you and he rose from the dead. Don't leave banking on your own goodness, but let's trust in his. I'm gonna pray this prayer if you are ready to make him your Lord, I just want to ask you to pray this with me. Just say to yourself, Heavenly Father, I know that I have sinned and can never be good on my own. I ask you to forgive me and save me. I believe in your son, Jesus. Today, I make Jesus my Lord. Amen. Why don't you look this way? Because what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a time of prayer This prayer time is very important because I know that many people come with needs in your life, things that are going on and we're gonna go out and we're gonna have lunch and all that but let's let the Lord do a work in us first because He wants I believe that he can minister to you if you came with a need. But here's one other really important thing. If you prayed that just now and and you believe that he is your Lord and you're ready to go into a new life. We talked about the turning. That's what I believe just happened. You just turned. Now I wanna give you a, a very nice first step that is to go pray with somebody about it. All you need to do, and just there'll be others coming for prayer, during this time, just come down and tell the person, I made Jesus my Lord today. They're gonna pray over you, and they're gonna believe that this is gonna be a new journey that you have with the Lord. And so we wanna do that. We wanna pray with you. I'm gonna say a quick prayer over all of us, then we'll stand. Our prayer partners will come. We're gonna sing a song together, and we'll be dismissed. Let's just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here today. We ask that you administer to anyone who needs it today. And God, we just ask that you would um, draw every person that needs you. Take us into that new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.